Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. Anthony, I have checked. There is heat. It's a lot hot. of heat. <laughs> it's very hot. Uh, it's kind of like a cruel name for our podcast these days. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is Anthony Chang. He's our heat beat writer here. <laughs> our Miami heat beat writer. Our Miami basketball heat beat writer. Uh, because the Miami Herald tends to have kind of like heat beat writers these days writing about the heat. Literal, um, literal heat. Literal yes. heat. Setting records every day. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, we're back after a couple of weeks off. Um, we were planning to come back whenever Damian Lillard news happened, and literally no Damian Lillard news happened for a couple of weeks. Um, I guess let's start there. Obviously, we're going to devote the bulk of this episode to Dwayne Wade um, and his Hall of Fame induction coming up this weekend. Uh, you just got off the phone with Pat Riley. Um like a couple hours ago. Um, so I haven't even read the story that, that you wrote about it. So we'll talk a little bit about what he said, um, run through some of our favorite Wade moments and all that kind of stuff. But first, um, do you have anything to say about the <laughs> situation? Any new thoughts? I think it's like any, just anything you've thought of in the last two weeks with regards to it. Obviously, there's no news, not, no developments have happened yeah. really of any kind. Um, I don't know, do you just have any new thoughts, I guess? Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Wade. Wow, I'm Dwayne Wade out of mind. Damian Lillard is releasing his fifth studio album this month. How about that? Have you ever, list, have you ever listened to his music? Um, I feel like I listen to one song. Yeah, maybe? I listen to a couple songs. Music. I mean, he has pretty good. Kind of NBA five players. Albums a lot. Yeah. It's fifth more than Kendrick, album. I think. Is it really? Mike Kendrick might have five. Is it more than Bad Bunny? I think it might be more than Bad Bunny. Actually. Um. So yes, that's that's my Damian Lillard update. Um, as far as basketball, nothing nothing has changed. Like it's just funny. Like these see, reports keep coming out, and it's like basically update. There is no update. You know, like I know a lot of the top decision makers for both sides were on. I've been on vacation recently, or either maybe on vacation still. I just came back from vacation. This is like the quiet time of the NBA. Once it didn't happen in summer league. I had a feeling this would drag on probably yeah. until at least late August, like when people when people start getting back to work again. Um, I still think I know he fans are getting nervous. I still think it's going <laughs> to happen. Yeah, so I right. just don't see how it doesn't happen, right? I guess the only update I can give is what the NBA released a week or two ago. I was on vacation, but they released a memo, kind of basically warning Damian Lillard and his agent from basically being so public about only wanting to go to the Heat. And I guess Lillard and his agent both said, which his agent is Aaron Goodwin, both said that they would basically, you know, play if they got traded to another team. They, they kind of had to say that, right? I don't. Mm-hmm. They still want to, you know, he still wants to go to the Heat. He hasn't. That stance hasn't softened. I think that's the key. If he does, if he sticks to his guns, if Damian Lillard sticks to his guns about only wanting to be traded to the Heat, I think he ends up here still. And I think it happens before camp. 
I just don't see. Yes, Portland could say, "Oh, we're in no rush. We have no reason to rush." They don't want that spill over into this season. I, I have to believe they want to get this done before camp starts. They're going to bring in a new, basically, a, you know, a young group training camp to have this looming over them. This wouldn't be productive for anybody. Um, and then you risk Damian Lillard getting injured, right? Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Or Damian Lillard maybe creating more of a mess by maybe not playing or, you know, saying his ankle hurt and, and sitting out. Of, like, who knows how that would be? I mean, we've, we saw that kind of happen with James Harden and the Rockets, right, when he wanted a uh, trade from Houston. So I, I still think that there's incentive for Portland and Miami to find a way to get a deal done before camp starts. Basically, like, I think October 2nd players report to camp mm-hmm. or is October 2nd's media day. Um, so there's, you know, basically two months here. So there's time, but I think it gets done. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar, five studio albums, by the way. Um, six if you count Untitled and Mastered. So uh, I think five counts. Um, yeah, I mean, people keep comparing, not to keep comparing this to the Kevin Durant situation, but I do think it is like the perfect parallel in mm-hmm. some ways. Just uh, obviously this similar time frame or in a similar state with the league. Um, but there's a big difference there, and that's with the Nets, they didn't want to trade Kevin Durant at all, right? Like, the reason they didn't, they eventually kind of, like, reached a point where they didn't move him. It's not like, you know, they, they were good. They if they thought if they had him, Kyrie, and, and James Harden, that they could win a championship. That's the difference, right? Because, like, yeah. Portland the Blazers, is not they, the rebuilding. Yeah. They want to move him. Like, yeah. I know they, they, they haven't, like, explicitly said we want to trade him, but, like, they want to trade him, right? They want to get some, they want to get the best haul back for him that they can. The way that he is, uh, it's something I've, I've said on the show, he's most valuable to the Blazers right now as a trade chip because, um, you know, they're building around Scoot now. Um, so they're, as we've said a lot, they're incentivized to wait this out as long as they can. But unlike with the Kevin Durant situation, which, again, I think is uh, – we keep comparing it to the Kevin Durant situation and, and, you know, media people around the league, I think, do too. And and that's the key difference is for the Blazers right now, Dame is most valuable as a trade chip. And for the Nets, they just never wanted to trade him, right? Because they, by holding on to him, the best way for the Blazers to become a title contender again is to get something good back for Damian Lillard that you can build around Scoot with. The best way for the Nets to become a title contender was to make it work with Kyrie uh, with Kevin Durant and with James Harden. So, and then as soon as that situation fell apart, where it became most advantageous for them to move him when the Kyrie thing went off the rails and James Harden wanted out, they they moved on from him. So, yeah, I, I still think it, it comes to that eventually, right? You know, if the only way, as you said, is if he, if Damian Lillard softens his stance and says, I'll go somewhere else. Because it's not like the, the Blazers don't, like, Maybe they do, but they shouldn't want to start this year with him because they should get ready to start. It doesn't really make sense. Era. It yeah. doesn't make sense, no. Which is yeah, a huge I, difference from the Kevin Durant situation. That, yeah. In that way, it's more similar to the Bradley Beal situation where the Wizards just wanted to move on from Bradley Beal at that point. Yeah, and I, I do think, and I think we've touched on this the last few episodes we've recorded, but I think the market, like everyone says, well, if Dame wouldn't have just specified Miami, the market would be – you know, every team in the league pretty much, or most teams in the league would want. It's a very limited group of teams that would really have serious interest in Damian Lillard, even if he said, I was open to going to half the league. Like, he's 33. 
He's owed $216 million over the next four seasons. You basically have to be a team that's like, you feel like you're one player away from winning a championship. And you're willing to pay the back end of that contract, which might not be great, right? When he's owed that Mm -hmm. that money at 35, 36 years old. Um, The Heat are one of the few teams where it makes sense. So I I don't think like, even if he, even if he was, his request wasn't only for, you know, to go to the Heat, I don't think the market would be huge. So Portland, I think they'll probably realize that, right? And, and, and see that he, I still don't think the Heat's offer is that bad. Maybe the Heat improved offer slightly, just get a deal done in, in the coming weeks, coming months. But considering everything, um, I feel like the Heat deal is pretty fair. Um, but, you know, we'll see what Portland decides and how this evolves uh, before camp starts. Yeah, I, I still like when you talk about the teams that make sense as trade partners here for the Blazers, like, you know, the Celtics are a team that's been thrown out. They don't make a lot of sense yeah. to me because they've got their core, right? Like they've right. got their are they better off just trying to continue augmenting this group that has been, you know, was ahead in the NBA finals a couple of years ago and, and keeps going to the uh, East finals and is young, right? Like you, you totally change the complexion of that roster if you pair Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown with then Davian Lillard. And as we said, like their window, the, the Celtics window is long, right? They're, they they view this probably as if we're going to contend for the next decade, essentially. Um, that's what's different with the Heat, right, is their window is now because of Jimmy Butler's age. And, and that's why I do wonder still, like, you know, I, I'm surprised at this point that, like, the Sixers or, or the Clippers or the, probably the two others who are like, we got to win now. Right. Like, or this is going to fall. Like, what do you have to lose if you're the Sixers? Like, if you don't trade for Damian Lillard, you're probably not going to win the championship. If you do trade for him, maybe you have a, a slightly better chance. And either way, like, this could all fall apart in the next year. Um, and obviously the same situation for the Clippers. Um, so there's nothing stopping the Blazers from, from the Sixers from making an offer and the Blazers accepting that offer. Like, sure, sure. they might not be happy. But, yeah. um, again, I, I don't think that – Again, the market just there's a very like you said there's a very specific group of teams that it right. makes sense for. I'm surprised that more teams other than the Heat haven't been involved, but like the Raptors, that made no sense to me. Like some of these teams no. that are thrown out there, like they were never going to be suitors. I don't think. Right, Utah. Yeah. Right, like San Antonio. Like it just okay. See, like really none, none of those make sense. No. Like it makes sense. It has to be a team that's in a win now mode because as you mentioned, that contract gets potentially really bad in the right. next couple of years. It's the same. It's again, it's the same as the Bradley Beal thing, right? Like the market wasn't huge for him. The Suns made that move because they're in a win now mode with an older Kevin Durant and not a whole lot of future assets to, to even work with. Like they, they had to go all in. Like they're another team that I'm sure would have been in this, in this game situation sure. if it was there, sure. but that's one of the four or five teams in the league is, is off the table. Yeah. And Philly reportedly doesn't want to trade Tyrese Maxey. So that's kind of, Right. That ends the conversation. Unless they change that, you know, that stance, that ends that conversation. And, like, do the clip the Clippers can't best the Heat's offer, I don't think, right? Like, I don't know what would even be in that trade. The Lakers, could they best the Heat's offer? Like, those teams don't have a whole lot of no. young assets. Right, <laughs> right. Like, is Austin yeah. Reeves a better prospect than Tyler? Like, maybe with the contract, because it's a pretty good contract. But, mm-hmm. like, again, Tyler Hero's, like, his numbers are as good as you're going to get basically at this point for, if you're the Blazers. So yeah, they're going to have to decide, are they going to, do they want to hang on to him into the year? Um, and I just don't think that makes sense. I agree. I, th- I, I think both sides, they'll find a way to get a deal done. That's my yeah. prediction, my hot take for this episode. 
a deal will get done before camp. Okay, let's switch gears to the best guard in Heat history from from a guy uh, who could be one of the best guards in Heat history if they get him. Uh, Dwayne Wade going to the Hall of Fame this weekend. Um, as I said at the top, you talked to Pat Riley uh, a couple hours ago. Um, where do you want to start? There's obviously a lot of different places we can start with Dwayne Wade. Yeah, I mean, this might seem like an obvious statement, but it was interesting to hear Pat Riley say it, um, that Dwayne Wade is the greatest player in Heat history. Um, and he was, he was, he made sure to make, you know, to, to make clear, like, his quote was, that's not an insult to LeBron, that's just because of his longevity and the yeah. short term that LeBron was here. But just total package, like, here for, whatever, 13 plus years, right? Um, leads the Heat in so many different important categories, part of every you know of each of the three championships what he meant to the organization he's basically the one of the biggest reasons lebron and chris bosh even came here in mm-hmm. 2010 um he's he's the greatest player in history i don't think there's any doubt about that he arguably the greatest player in south florida sports history maybe behind messi at this point <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> i don't know that's, that's a good conversation to have maybe that's that'll be our next episode is yeah. messi surpassed Dwayne wade as the greatest athlete ever in, in south florida history um but yeah, I just think it, this is a significant moment because, yes, it was a formality um, that he was going to be a Hall of Famer. But to have somebody like Dwayne Wade and what he represents to this market going to the Hall of Fame and like all of us are able to relive those iconic moments he produced and that era of like sports on here. And he'd bow, it was just a big three, but just that era of Dwayne Wade like that was uh, a very like for our generation, David, and I grew up here. Mm-hmm. It was a very formative, like era, and like for sports, young sports fans in in Miami and 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 Fort Lauderdale, like that. That is why there are so many Heat fans, like in this gener this generation of, sport, of of fans on here compared to Dolphins fans, because we've he basically showed us what winning was, right? And the Dolphins weren't good, the Marlins were the Marlins. They won a champ, you know, a World Series, but they've have been good for most of their. Um, their history. So Dwayne Wade was kind of like the guy that um, was w- was sports and was winning uh, in Miami, for, you know, during his time. Yeah, Alonzo Mourning was obviously he was the first yeah. Heat Hall of Famer, but Dwayne Wade, like Dwayne Wade, is the first like upper echelon all time guy, right? Like like Alonzo Mourning was obviously great, but you know, never even went to a finals, right? Like they were they were never like a real contender i guess you know they were very good teams what went to some east finals with him um but Dwayne wade was you know he was he's in the whatever the list of like the best guys of all time or if you want to make that cut off he's on it yeah he's he's a top 75 was in what the 75 yeah and he's out he's better five team he's better than that top 40 yeah 35 something like that top five shooting guard i don't think anybody could argue that right top five shooting guard of all time probably I would yeah. put him three, honestly. I would put him. I don't, I don't want to say if I put him two because I don't want to get anybody upset. But I, you he's could three. even argue he could, be, he could be. He could be second. He could, if you look at the numbers, he could be second. But yes, I think it's he's at least three behind Michael and behind Kobe. Um, so it's yeah, it's not that he's one of the he's the best. He, it's he's one of the best players of all time. Yeah. Um, and he and spent, he's the first iconic, like you said, like. Every team in the league has an Alonzo Mourning, right? Has yeah. a as at some point in their career they've had a guy who was like all of famer, you know, it's 
built they built a big fan base around that, right? Like he's a really important guy, but um, as you mentioned, like Dwayne Wade built a fan base essentially, and there, there's only so many players who can do that. Um, you know, a lot of franchises, I grew up room for the Wizards, they've never had anyone close to that. Like there's yeah. they've they've gone from Alonzo Mourning to Alonzo Mourning basically, right? Like throughout and usually worse than that, but. A lot of fan base, a lot of franchises have not had, had a guy like that. And yeah, in some ways, he's he's definitely on the list of like the five to ten most important sports figures in South Florida, right? Like, it's hard to, as, well, well this is a good place probably to pivot to yeah. what Pat talked about today. He's he's so tied to Pat Riley, I think, in some ways, in terms of like, who are, who's the most influential person in Heat history. Um, but, you know, he's on that, like, it's, you know, obviously Shula... Um, Riley, uh, Messi, Marino, uh, Marino, yeah. Yeah. um, you know, a couple of Kane, you know, Jimmy Johnson, maybe, uh, Schnellenberger, Schnellenberger. Yeah. um, but Wade's on that list. Jack and McKeon. He's, he's, I think Wade's probably the, the player who's highest on that list because, um, basketball is obviously like kind of designed that way in a way that probably only a quarterback can, but right. you know, if, Marino obviously meant a lot to South Florida, but like really Shula was, is more important to Billy and Dolph. Like those guys are not as tied, I don't think, even as Pat and uh, Wade are because Shula won two Super Bowls in an undefeated seat. Like the Dolphins are popular because of what they did in the 70s more than what they did in the 80s um, and into the 90s with Marino. Um, the Heat, again, they're, they started in the 90s. Like there, there were – Roots set down with morning and in the early Riley era, but um, the heater, what the heater, the heat because of what they did in the 2000s and 2010s yeah. with Dwayne Wade. Yeah, and I think it's significant too. Like this kind of puts it in perspective. He's going to become the first player inducted into the Hall of Fame who was drafted by the Heat. Oh yeah, like this morning was um, Charlotte, right? Charlotte drafted him. Morning was Charlotte. Tim Hardaway obviously didn't start his career with the Heat. Yep. Chris Bosh, LeBron eventually, Ray Allen. Shaq, Gary Payton, like none of those guys are drafted by the Heat. So that kind of crystallizes it, right? So along with everything else we said, like he is the first like homegrown Hall of Famer. Yeah. For the Heat. Um so that that itself is significant. And we'll probably and there won't be another one for a long time. Like maybe until Bam. Bam. I would say Bam yeah. probably, right? I mean, if he gets there, if he gets on, in. He's on a yeah. Hall of Fame trajectory, I would say. Um but yeah, he has he has a ways to go. Yeah. Um, you talk, as I mentioned, you, you talked to Pat today. Uh, what were the big, I haven't even read your story yet, so don't give it all away because you want people to read it, but uh, what, what were the, the big nuggets from talking to him today? Along with him just saying that Dwayne is the greatest player in history, which I think most people agree with, he, he went a lot, he went deep into kind of that period of time where Dwayne left in 2016, mm-hmm. spent a year with Chicago, then went to Cleveland, then returned, like just that whole kind of gap period uh, in Wade's heat career and just kind of commending Dwayne for being mature enough to kind of get, get past that. Right. And like not holding a grudge against the heat. Um, and Pat was really thankful for that. And he's thankful for his relationship with, with Dwayne, even at this point, you know, at this point after, you know, years removed from Dwayne's playing career, they're still close. We saw Dwayne go to heat games in the finals, right. We've seen him, mm-hmm. We saw him at Udonis' last home game in the regular season. Dwayne was there in a Udonis jersey sitting courtside. 
Um, I'll be a big heat contingent at Dwayne's Hall of Fame ceremony. So yeah, yes, Dwayne Wade is now part of the Jazz ownership group, and he lives in Los Angeles. And there was that messy breakup in 2016, but he eventually returned. You know, most of those feelings, I think, like those hard feelings, disappeared uh, when he returned. It was a, it was a fitting ending to his career, like you know, having that year and a half uh, in Miami to end his career. And um, you know, he has a he has a a positive, still positive relationship with the organization, which is good. Um, and and Pat kind of compared it to we've seen Pat with Magic Johnson at Heat games, like sitting with him, like he's friends with a lot of these former players. Pat is, yeah. And he says Dwayne Wade is now in that group. He's in that group like with Alonzo Mourning, Magic Johnson, where it's guys he's coached that he considers um, lifelong friends. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that the Heat's two most recent Hall of Famers, Wade and Bosh, both had you know like kind of messy endings with the Heat yeah. and. Obviously came back, way to finish his career with them. Um, Bosch, obviously some of the medical stuff uh, took some time to like kind of um, reconnect with the organization. But he had the the Jersey retirement ceremony ahead of his Hall of Fame induction, and that was like kind of a big welcome back. Um, I think it, in some ways, like the way that those two guys in the organization like handled that, I think speak to. Um, Part, you know, obviously what made the big three heat great was that they had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and, and Chris Bosh. But they also, like, the, how, like we, they're the famous stories about, like, how, like, Pat and obviously the guy, the, those three came to embrace it, like, were willing to, like, put up with struggle and, like, not fire Spo early on, right, and not um, trade Bosh after one year and losing and um, – you know, so many, so much of the NBA right now is defined by guys getting frustrated and moving on, right? Like yeah. leaving, leaving and burning bridges and um, the best organizations are the ones that fight through challenges and, um, you know, either stick together or come apart and then come back together, right? Like the Warriors obviously are, are I think, the closest, you know, they're them and the Heat in, in some ways I think are the, the two models of that right now. Um, and those two guys who, you know, some guys could have held a grudge forever and, and, but that's just the way the heat kind of operate, right. It's like, sometimes it's not going to go, it's not always going to be smooth. And, and those two guys, I think, um, embodied that a little bit, even though Pat Riley now, I know like regrets ever letting Dwayne Wade leave and, um, yeah. kind of feels like he maybe like mistreated him a little bit by, uh, yeah. stringing him along. So. Yeah, he said he didn't say it today, but when I when I talked to him a few years ago for the story I wrote about Dwayne, the end of Dwayne Wade's career, he said he would have never Pat said he would have never forgiven himself if Dwayne didn't come back. Like right. he would have regretted that forever. So I think the fact that he came back and it was able they were able to have that ending, um, kind of helped, um, you know, maybe ease some of the regrets Pat would have yeah. had. Um, and to your point that you were just talking about about like Chris and. And Dwayne being able to forgive a little bit and move past some hard feelings. Uh, one of Pat Riley's quote kind of explains the kind of maybe why that was. He he said, I think players like Dwayne are very appreciative as they look back on their career and say, I was in a good place in Miami. We helped each other get to where we wanted to get to world champions and Hall of Fame. I think that helps, right? Like they don't look back here and like, re- and are, re- you know, associate the heat with miserable times or, losing like they won champ they were champions like chris bosh and dwayne wade right they won multiple championships with the heat that's their big reasons why like that franchise big reasons why they're hall of famers like chris bosh some of his best seasons came with miami 
obviously Dwayne Wade, basically every one of his best seasons came in Miami. So it's impossible not to look back at their experience with the Heat and like think of it negatively because there were so many positive winning moments, um, you know, that they experienced together. Yeah. And there, but again, like they could have had, you know, they lost in 2011. It was yeah. like a horrible, horrible loss. And um, obviously, obviously Dwayne by then had already won a ring and was already, if he could have, he could have retired right then. And we would have been talking about this a decade ago about him yeah. going to the Hall of Fame as maybe the greatest player in Heat history. Um, and, but, you know, they, they shook off a, a loss, came back and, and were better for it. Um should we wrap things up by just running through some, I mean, some favorite Dwayne Wade moments? I'm sure everyone has yeah, a similar not? list, but yeah. uh, you wrote a story this week running down uh, 10 of your favorite plus a bonus one. Um, do you want to just like pick one of those to talk about? And we'll we'll go through like a couple of the, the key ones. I guess let's just, should we just skip over 06? Like it's so obvious. That's the, obvi- the, that's the obvious one. Yeah. Um, that, and there's not was... really one moment. He was, it was just one of, we talked about it a couple of years ago. Um, I think maybe after Jimmy it, Butler's, right? we rewatched one of the games maybe, and there and then Jimmy had, yeah. and then Jimmy had the incredible finals run, and we like they were all like, where is it ranked on the all time yeah. finals performances, and um, this Dwayne Wade one in 06 uh, pops up not infrequently, like as number one on the list of the greatest finals performances ever. Yeah, um, 34.7 points per game, uh, 47% from the field. Um, obviously all the free throws, 2.7 steals. Um, and in his third season, like that's yeah, the crazy part. Right. <laughs> it wasn't like he was in his sixth, seventh year. Like he was, and they were down two Oh in the series and, yeah. and came back one, four straight. So, yeah, yeah, no, it was, that was, uh, that's, um, yeah, that uh, is a no brainer. So we can, we yeah. could, we could bypass that one. My, the one that comes to mind is just the iconic, this is my house game winner. Um, it's going to like that would be the statue like him standing on the scoreboard right with his hands like gesturing like this is my house um that would be this if there is a statue of Dwayne Wade in front of Kasaya Center whatever the arena is called by then that would be it um so i think that's the one i would point to it was in 2000 march 2009 i was actually at that game with my dad um uh, i remember it very well i remember i was in spring break and i was meeting up with some friends after and i never went because i was just like that was just such a crazy like when I think it went to overtime or it was double overtime right I'm trying to, yeah, yeah double, double overtime, overtime. Yeah. yeah um and it was I mean it was like the it was the ending to an amazing performance it wasn't just that shot he had 48 points on 21 shots which is just insane um and then that shot kind of sealed it um where he stole the ball from John Salmons sprinted on the court one legged game winning three as time expired in double overtime to, to lead the heat to the win. And then he jumps on the scores, uh, scores table in front of like Mickey Harrison and Nick Harrison. I think Nick was there. I'm not sure, but Mickey Harrison, Eric Reed, I think was a, right there as well. And he, you know, yelling this smile. So that, that's the one that comes to mind is just like one that I'll remember forever. Um, for me, I will, well, I'll sit, first I'm going to, I, I want to mention you have it in the story, the purple shirt guy game, iconic. Yeah. One of the great um, NBA like Twitter moments, right? I think yeah. in some ways it it helps explain the last like ten years of basketball on the internet. Is that like that was a pretty like you know, it was a good Heat team. It wasn't like an incredible Heat team, but um, and it was like a completely unmemorable 
Hornets team, although maybe the best team in Hornets history, I guess, right? With uh, Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker. All Jefferson. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, a guy in a purple shirt taunting Dwayne Wade and Dwayne Wade taunting back. Um, it was kind of before um, basketball players and fans were like fighting, essentially, sometimes courtside. Um, but maybe maybe it was a um, foreshadowed some uglier moments to come, but still a very fun moment. Um, for me, I'm just one from my time here in South Florida is um, from his last season uh, where he'd come back to Miami and um, against the Warriors, a game that we were talking before we started recording that I don't think either of us were at, actually. No, no. Um, but he, it's one of the crazier game winners um, I don't know. One of, one of the crazier game winners of the, that certainly that season. Um, kind of against a really really good Warriors team. Yeah. Obviously, kind of bobbles the ball and heaves it from. I don't know what was the distance on that. Do you have that on the twenty five uh, foot twenty five twenty five footer? Yeah, um, yeah. At the buzzer, he like he yeah. had blocks. He, and yeah, then... it was like bobbling it kind yeah. of and just kind of threw it up and um, it was like. Obviously, he finishes his career, like his last game, he has a triple-double, but um, the Heat, that was a meaningless game. The Heat were eliminated. Um, in some ways, that was like the last iconic Dwayne moment, right? That that Heat team was fighting for their playoff lives at that point, um, and um, he hits maybe the biggest shot of the year for them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I and um, he was able to go, like, kind of relive that moment I just spoke about, like, where he gets on the scorer's table. Right, and yes, yells this yeah. in my house. Like he 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 was able to relive it because it was like kind of similar in a way. Like obviously it was a shot at the buzzer, like a wild like one-legged shot, but like, shouldn't have gone in. And he, he you know he makes it to to for a game winner. And for him to relive that moment on top of the scorers table was like kind of poetic in his final yeah. season. And that wasn't that was, like that, that wasn't was a good Warriors. Heat team. That yeah, wasn't it was a, a good mediocre heat. heat team. They yeah. missed the playoffs. Um, like I said, they played one meaningless game that year. It was the last game of the year yeah. up in Brooklyn with LeBron and Carmelo and everyone in attendance. Um, and that Warriors team was, I don't know, remember if everyone, I don't know, I'm sure guys sat out that game because that Warriors team was so stacked. But that was. I remember Kevin Durant, Durant played. Kevin Durant Yeah, played that was that. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. It was the last Kevin Durant year. They obviously didn't win the finals that year because Kevin Durant got hurt. But. Um, a team that the Heat really had no business beating, but um, Dwayne Wade uh, kind of like made magic happen. And it came in the black vice jersey, which makes it even better. Yeah, was, those jerseys were awesome. Also, we another another one from that season. Not a moment necessarily, although it might even. I wonder if it's still the Herald Sports header on Twitter. Oh yeah, um, the, the picture I think it of, is. Is that his last? It must be his last home game, right? That was his last home game. Um, where he, I don't remember if he shoots a three from the corner. Yeah, it is the Herald Sports header on Twitter. Um, and kind of gets knocked into the crowd and lands on top of uh, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. Um, yeah. Iconic, just an iconic heat photo. I think Charles Trainer shot that. Uh, that photo should be on Championship Alley. It should be, honestly. <laughs> why? Why isn't it? I don't know, but it's a it's a great it's a great great photo. I hope the Herald never takes it away. You know. Takes it, uh, changes its banner because that is a uh-huh. great photo. Um, any other uh, ones you want to shout out? And everyone uh, can check out this full list that we're kind of like calling from at MiamiHerald.com. Yeah, I mean, it's not on the list, but like off court stuff, I would point to aside from like just everything Dwayne Wade does as a businessman and like just as a 
an advocate for so many different great things. Um, off the court, he's made an impact on the Heat. Like, we talked about him yeah. helping to bring the big three. How about, like, Pat not <laughs> regretting having Dwayne leave to Chicago? Because Chicago that's the reason yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Butler is here, pretty much. I don't think Jimmy Butler would be with the Heat if it wasn't for Dwayne's influence for that one year in Chicago. I mean, even Jimmy has said it repeatedly, right, that, like, Dwayne was in his ear saying, like, that's the perfect place for you. You need to go there. And, like, and you know, the rest is history. So Dwayne has had a hand, even though he's not on the roster anymore, he's not part of the organization anymore officially, he has, you know, his fingerprints all over this current roster because, you know, probably a top five heat player of all time at this point, Jimmy Butler, right? Yeah, I think definitely. We could probably say that is here because of Dwayne Wade. So that's another one I, I think, not say, I wouldn't say it gets overlooked, but it isn't probably mentioned enough. Yeah. Yeah, the Heat's strange Marquette slash <laughs> Tom Cream connections are all due to uh, Dwayne Wade. Yeah, no, it's, it's it, his influence on the organization is like so, so undeniable and it will continue f- pretty much for the foreseeable future, right? Because there's so many players that are, like, grew up trying to be Dwayne Wade or Green, Dwayne Wade was a fair player and that's one of the reasons why, like, the Heat are such an appealing spot because of what Dwayne Wade did and what they, what he made the Heat into, what he helped make the Heat into. Um, we look at, I mean, Donovan Mitchell is obviously a Cavalier, but he's been linked to the Heat so many times because yeah. his favorite player is Dwayne Wade and and uh, Bradley Beal, same thing. All the jersey swaps that Dwayne Wade did in his final year and all the different Twitter conversations those created, like that that stuff continues. So Dwayne Wade's influence, uh, you know, with the Heat is, is forever. Forever. Yeah. And, you know, in, in South Florida, what this year, six South Florida uh, natives drafted in the NBA draft. Yeah. And, point, you know, so like a couple of those guys, you know, the, the Thompson twins actually grew up there, spent the, their early years in Oakland and uh, Tumani Kamara is, is a foreign guy who came to the U.S. But, you know, there, there, there's a link there, certainly, where basketball is has grown in South Florida because of Dwayne Wade. Yeah, you just look, I mean, you, you're like you're Vernon Carey than I am, but Vernon Carey yeah. Jr., like his dad who played for the Canes, like would he have been a basketball player if ever a football player if um, if it wasn't for Dwayne Wade? I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you're closer to, to it than I am, but from what I've heard and from what I've just, even just seeing like names on the national stage from down here, high school basketball in South Florida is a lot better than it was 15, 20 years ago, I would say, right? Like, I don't yeah. think that's... And it's not all because of Dwayne Wade, but right. it's hard not to link the two a little no, bit. No, sure. I, I, I agree. And I think Jim Laranega, Jim Laranega said it a lot. Maybe not specifically about the Heat, but... Well, I mean, it's specifically about Dwayne Wade, but just about the Heat's influence on like, right. basketball down here. It's 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 changed some things. So I think the Heat and Wade deserve credit uh, for that. All right. Um, I think we can close things out there unless you got any any final thoughts on Dwayne Wade. Um, you're not going up there, I assume, but you'll no. obviously be covering all the festivities from yeah. down here in sunny South Florida. Very sunny and Very, hot South Florida. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll wrap things up there. Um, we'll come back. I, I guess we'll probably come back next week um, to follow up some Dwayne Wade stuff. Maybe we'll have some Damian Lillard, um, but we're really in a holding pattern for the most part um, on this show. Um, 
I guess we should close out, I guess, with just a little yeah. bit of personal news. Um, you have news. You have news. Dave, yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm leaving the Herald, at least as a full-time employee, um, going to law school down here in uh, Miami, going to FIU. So um, any Panthers law alumni who want to give me a summer internship next summer or anything like that, feel free to hit me up. Um, still going to be hosting this show, though. Uh, the foreseeable future we have no plans to to change anything here so as far as this show goes um nothing will really be changing um same is true for my appearances on some other podcasts and and i'll still be around in the south florida sports world um you know there's always too much news too much stuff happened in south florida for me to get out of it entirely i was like kind of like thinking back on everything we've had over the last i've been at the herald five years um you know two two nba finals stanley cup this year um there's a super bowl here not that long ago and we have Messi now like right now it's, it's crazy than ever yeah. yeah with all the teams going to the finals and Messi and just so many things going on um but yes that is a newsy ending to this episode and not to get too sappy but david has been a very valuable part of the sports department he's done pretty much everything like from high schools to covering a super bowl to covering he to you know, hosting podcasts to Marlins to Hurricanes to recruiting to Messi, like he does it all and he does it all really, really well. So that's the department's going to miss him, I guess, to, to the extent where he was, you know, full time employee of the Herald. But he is not leaving me or this podcast. So that's <laughs> a good thing. So I'm, ha- I'm very, very happy about that. And I'm happy for you, David. Yeah, we started like at the Herald, like, as we've said a couple times, uh, yeah. like a month apart, maybe something like that. So, um, We've been doing this podcast together basically since we both started at, at, at the paper, yeah. so um, we, we can just give it up. No, no. I'm, 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 I beg you to stay in. <laughs> you finally gave in. So Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, lots of Dwayne Wade content, so you know, just check him out there, and he'll have all, everything Heat-related for you this weekend. So what, what, let's, before we wrap totally wrap up what's the schedule of events for hall of fame induction um for people who maybe just know it's this weekend and like me yeah, don't know all yeah this it's specifics. it's uh it's saturday night um nba tv sure right they do nba it tv yeah. yeah pretty sure it's 8 p.m i think it's like 8 to 11 mm-hmm. um in springfield massachusetts um so i i have not been i have not been i want i do want to go once and and uh maybe i you know maybe i will eventually cover a hall of fame uh, ceremony, but yeah, the bronze, right? Um, it's probably the next one, probably, and definitely the next one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think it's Saturday night, eight to eleven. It could, I would imagine, Dwayne is probably one of the. I mean, there's a lot of big names in this year's mm-hmm. class, but I'm sure Dwayne Wade will probably be one of the final people to speak. I would think. Um, so it might be closer to like ten, eleven. Um, but I, I do not know the order yet. But yeah, it'll be Saturday night. That's kind of the main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at db wilson two. Um, where I'm still, for now, uh, doing a lot of different sports stuff here in South Florida. Um, Thanks, as always, for listening, though, um, and we will talk to you guys next week.